Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We're in the book of Jacob, New Testament Jacob. You know where it's at? What? You knew that, huh? I thought I was going to get y'all on that, but I see I got some Bible scholars. Yes. The uh, first chapter of James, his real name, James is the English name, but Jacob is the Hebrew name. And learning to read the Bible, we ask the question, who is the author? Well, we know who the author is because the title is the letter of James. And then we ask the second question, who's he writing to? Well, it's answered in the first chapter, in the first verse. It says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So we know it's James. We know it's to the 12 tribes that at this time had accepted Christ. And we, we see that in Acts 2, I think it is where it says different nationalities or tongues or what have you, when the gift of the Holy Ghost came into the world or poured out on them. But uh, Acts 2 is Acts 2, uh, verse 5. And uh, at this time, there was people that had accepted Christ as the Savior, and they were scattered all through Jerusalem and whereabout. What amazes me it, 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 it amazes me, but we understand the power of the Holy Ghost. That on, in Acts 2, when Christ, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came in and the Holy Ghost was turned loose to go into all the world, scriptures tell us people would join the church or become Christians 3,000 at a time. Well, wasn't that a revival? Wasn't that a great time to, to be serving the Lord? And even in my little short life of 61 years, I can remember as a kid, church was full and packed. People wanted to go to church. And my grandparents and my parents told me when the early 1900s, at that time, they didn't have window screens on the churches. Churches were so packed, people would stand out around outside to just listen to the preacher or to listen to the, the worship. People wanted to go to church. But we know through Scripture that the Bible tells us that in the last days there would be a falling away. And we definitely are in the last days. But James is writing to the 12 tribes. And actually, this chapter is a summary of the next four chapters. So what he tells you in this chapter, the next four chapters, it hits highlights on the same thing. It says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. As a Christian, I'm going to tell you now, you have to get the attitude that when you are being persecuted or the devil's fighting you, you have to have the attitude that no matter what, no matter what the devil throws at you, you're going to stay positive. And you're going to, you're going to still serve the Lord. And it says, knowing this, that, that, that trying of your fate worketh patience. I think of this scripture 
and we see young Christians struggling because the devil's throwing things at them, and they in and they out, they in and they out. But your older Christians that's been Christians for a while, they have like a calm patience about them. And it's because through time they learned that no matter what the devil throws at them, God's going to always bring them through it. Because the Bible tells us that for those who serve the Lord, good things will always come. The devil will throw things at you. He's still throwing things at me. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, this little episode when he threw me down in a wheelchair, that really threw me for a flip. But I never lost my faith. I never lost my faith. I never wavered in my faith because I've been through enough trials and tribulations in my life that no matter what the devil throws in, I don't think he's going to ever, ever win over me. And I can tell Jacob that this whole faith, you only got two, I had four. <laughs> Just enlarge your table. That's all I can tell you. I know it could be scary being young and having children and just not knowing because it is hard to, it's hard nowadays to take care of kids. But it was hard in my day too and it was hard in my parents' day. My grandpa used to say, I don't know how we made it through, through the hard times of the 20s and 30s and not a lot of money, not a lot of food. He said, but you know, God always brought us through. And I can say the same thing. God always brings you through. If you serve him and you live for him, he's going to bring you through. Okay, knowing this, that the, the trying of your, your faith, work at patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And, and it's perfect. Don't mistake it for that. You're going to be a perfect person because you're going, to, you're, going to have, you're going to have issues. But we strive to live a holy life. And it means we're just striving to do the best we can. And it says it's, it's being perfect is being perfect in Christ won't nothing. And I can actually say as a child of God, I have no desires for nothing other than a healthy family, good things for my family, and serving the Lord. And, and I think it's, it's, it's being a mature Christian and getting to that point in life to where you're just not going to let the devil beat you over. If any man likes wisdom, let him act. I think this is a gift God will give every person that serves him if he asks for it. I think God wants you to have wisdom. I don't think he, this is one gift he will not deny you of. Let him act of God that give it to all men liberally and unbridledly not. And it shall be given him. I can tell you this from experience. If, God, if you ask God for wisdom, because you want to serve him, he's going to give you godly wisdom. As a, a preacher, a man of God, I'm, you know, I'm just a country preacher. I was educated right here in this church. And I went to Bible college. But I've done preached to judges. I've done preached to governors. I've done preached to highly educated people, doctors, uh, Bible scholars. And every one of them, I touched their heart because they knew my life. And I can just tell you it's because God gave me a godly wisdom because I asked him for it. I didn't ask him for me. I asked him, especially when I surrendered to be a preacher, 
I told God, I said, man, I'm not no counselor, but I know people because I, I was raised for a, a preacher, so I even knew I knew what it was going to be. I said, Lord, I said, people will come to me and ask for advice. They're going to want me to counsel them this and counsel them marriage and kids and what have you. And I said, I just don't have the wisdom for that. And God always told me, he said, just always give them scripture. Go to the Bible. Don't give them your wisdom. Give them my wisdom. And that's what I always done. Uh, I counseled people that went to Bible college that was ministers that wasn't really living right. And they done told me, he says, man, he says, I went to Bible college and I can't quote scriptures like that. But I can't neither. It's just at that moment, this preacher was needing counseling and the Holy Spirit came through and gave me the scriptures to quote to him and go to the Bible and read to it. The Bible tells us that not, not to worry about what you're going to say. He's going to give you the voice. He's going to give you the, the, what to say. That's, and it's, it happened to me several times. I know this. He will do it. But let him act in faith. So if you act in faith, nothing waving. For he that waveth is like the waves of the sea driving with the winds and tossing. I want to cover something here because there's kind of two teachings in the Protestant churches. The Pentecostals are teaching to pray this way and not to waver, not to say God's will be done. The Methodists or the Baptists say God's will be done. Well, I had a couple of ladies come up to me at Walmart one time, and every time this lady would pray in church, she says God's will be done, and they were having a problem with that. I said, well, let me tell y'all something. Y'all both right. I said, both ways are right. The Bible tells us, and we're reading it right here, uh, to pray without wavering. In other words, not to have no doubt. But at the same time, Christ himself, what he prayed, Father, your will be done, not my will. And this is what I told them, which, what they need to look at. You need to just, whenever you pray, pray without waving. You know, pray in faith and don't waver. And I used my mama for an example. My mama was dying with a brain tumor and, and I prayed and I didn't waver. I said, I have no doubt, God, you're going to heal her, this and that. But it comes a time, you see God's not going to answer that prayer. And your prayer needs to change to God's will be done. And that's what I done with my mama. Uh, I asked God, I said, God, I says, if we've been prayed, preachers, people have prayed, we've been praying that you heal her. I said, you're not answering this prayer. So I said, now I'm going to ask you for your will to be done. And if her life on work is done, open, open the door for her. Well, my mama died within a couple of days after that. That was God's will. So you need to understand, and you need to understand, you need to hear from the Holy Spirit on how to pray. We all we do pray in faith without wavering. But you need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And if he's telling you to pray God's will be done, you need to do it. I had prayed for something here for, for over a year for us to do a little Weight Watchers program for us. We needed to lose weight. And we done it, and Corey lost some weight, I lost some weight, and we all lost some weight, but I prayed a year for that, and we done it. But it didn't, it didn't last, it, we lost a little bit of weight, and it all faded away, and then I said, Lord, I said, I prayed a year for this. He said, well, you should have known, I was telling you no. You prayed a whole year, I was telling you no. But then I realized God was telling me no all that time. So my next sermon I done, God answers all prayers. It might be yeah. 
It might be waiting for the seeding. But he answers all prayers. So you need to understand to hear from, from the Holy Spirit. And if God's telling you something, if he's telling you no, you need to hear it's no. So what I've learned was this. you got to listen to the Holy Spirit, what he's telling you. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, read 6 and 7 together. So let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We see people, and we understand being double-minded. In other words, people that's wishy-washy. It's telling you not to be wishy-washy, to be firm, be to the point, ask God your request, or give God your praise, or whatever it is, and just not be double-minded. As Christians, we're not supposed to be double-minded. We're supposed to be steady, and and I was a double-minded person as a younger person coming up, and so I understand this, what he means by double-minded. I was living for the Lord one one day, and then living for the devil the next day. And that's what he's saying. This type of person, his prayers are not going to get answered. you got to have faith. you got to be living right. But not let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away from his ways. Now, let me see this. It's not talking against people with money. What it's telling you is not, not to put your faith in your money. I'm going to tell, tell you a situation, a very wealthy family that I used to work for. I know this individual, he was worth at least $6 million at the time. He's probably worth a lot more than that because they sold, sold their business. But he asked me, he said, he said, Brother Glenn, he says, is it true that a rich man can, can't go to heaven? He's talking about the camel in the eye of the needle. I said, well, that's the important to know in the Bible because you asking me, you, the Bible says it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. I says, actually, if you're thinking of a sewing needle and a camel, it's impossible. So what you're saying, it's impossible for a rich man to go to heaven. I said, but that ain't what this scripture means at all. I said, in the Old, the Old Testament days, they had needle gates. They had the big gates, but then they had a small gate. They'd close the big gates, and at night, they would open that small gate where if a camel had to stoop down, to crawl in it, to get through it. And they would do that so they couldn't be invaded. I said, so it really has nothing to do with a sewing needle. It's all about a gate. And the thing about the, the camel, he can get in through the gate one at a time. It's not easy for him to get in, but he can get in. That individual was, I think, kind of relieved because I guess that scripture bothered him all his life. Because somebody probably didn't tell him about that scripture. They didn't know the background of it. And I was telling him this. This is the important in knowing the Bible. God's word. But it's important to know the background. The historical facts and what have you. 
So just reading the Bible, it's good. But just like James, I was surprised that somebody here knew what James really meant. Jacob, I cannot encourage you enough to learn the Bible, the Word of God itself. Danny, go ahead and read uh, 13. Let no man say, when he is tempted, that I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. Now, let me say this. God will not tempt you with evil. If you're being tempted with evil, with sin, it's not coming from God. It's coming from Satan. I'm going to put caution there. In the Old Testament, I don't remember the scripture, but there's an Old Testament where God allowed a false prophet to go into the congregation. God allowed a false prophet to go into the congregation, but God was allowing that because that was their heart's desire anyway. God knows your heart. And if your true heart is not of God, he will allow Satan to bring stuff on you. But it's not actually coming from God himself. It's kind of like Job. If I give an example, it's kind of like Job. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. That's exactly what I was saying. God will allow you to be tempted if it's because that's what you're lusting. I tell these this to the young people all the time. The, the devil is out to, like a roaring lion, he's out to destroy and kill. If you are allowing lust into your life of any kind, whether it's sexual or drinking or uh, gambling or whatever it is, and if you, could, if you continue to want to do it, God's going to allow it to happen. And the end result is death. The wages of sin is death. Now, people, let me clear something else up. God don't send you to hell. You have people, well, God's a good God, a loving God. He ain't going to let you go to hell. Well, you earned it. He's the just God, and he's just giving you what you earn because the wages of sin is death. That, that's your work. If you do good works, like the Scriptures tells us, we do good works not to be saved. We don't do good works to be saved. We do good works because we are saved. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. So, the scriptures are telling us that all good things come from God. Once again, I'm going to give you some caution. It all depends on what the desires of your heart is. He, he will allow you to have the desires of your heart. If your heart has evil deeds in it, God's going to back off and let you have it. I don't have a lot of people get mad at me because in my younger days, because I was a hardcore holiness preacher, hellfire and brimstone, when I had the energy to do it. And they'd get mad because I walked on some toes. Well, they ended up all going to an ear-tickling church. So God has given them their, the desires of their heart. They didn't want to hear holiness preaching. But I'm a firm believer that God will allow you to have the, the desires of your heart, whether it's good or bad. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. 
Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. This is something you need to learn as a child of God. And once again, I think you learn it. I think you learn it the more you live for God. I think young Christians, I know when I was a young Christian, I had some run-ins because I was quick to anger. But as you get older and more mature in Christ, and I'm not talking about older in age, but older in Christianity, you learn to have more patience. And wherefore, beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear, but slow to speak and slow to wrath. Be slow. I know watching the news sometimes you can sure get angry. But you have to understand what's going on in the world today and what we see what's going on in Washington. They're being controlled by Satan. They're being controlled by the Antichrist government that's coming into power. You have to remind yourself every day when you see all this crooked stuff going on, this is what the Bible tells us. Revelation is being fulfilled every day. I know I have to remind myself so I don't get angry with people that really doesn't understand what they're even doing and why they're doing it. It's because they're being controlled by more, a higher power, principalities. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. It's telling you to lay, a, lay aside all sin nature. Put it aside. Get it out of your life and be patient and loving and kindness. The next verses we're going to read is very important verses. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forget what manner of man he was. This is why we as children of God, we encourage people to do good works. Once again, we're not saved by our works. We're not saved by what good we do for people. We do good because we are saved, and we are children of God. And it's telling you here, be ye doers of the word. That's what it means to be a doer of the word is to do good works. And I encourage this strongly. This is why we, we don't force people to do things. We don't force people to give testimonies. We don't force people to take court. But we strongly encourage people to do things, street ministries or, or whatever it is we do. Help the needy. Because when you do good for people, it builds good Christian character. And the Bible is clear on this. It says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. People that's hearers only, they'll eventually, if they, they do nothing but hear, they'll eventually get in a, a comfortable state. And you don't want to be in a comfortable state. You want to always be growing, always be moving forward. It'll always be learning more. The Bible is designed, the Bible is about a sixth grade level, Bible scholar told me one time, about a sixth grade level. So if you've got a sixth grade education, you can read the Bible. You can learn God's word. 
and the Holy Spirit will teach you. And that's the first thing you need to start with is learning your Bible and learning what God has to say about you because that's how you build Christian character. And then it moves into ministry, street ministries or whatever, charity work, whatever, whatever God's telling you to do. We encourage this strongly. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his, his natural face in the glass. When I was a teenager, I had acne. I had pimples. And boy, when I was in front of the mirror, it bothered me. Especially when you're going on a date, you got a big old pimple right here on your forehead. Man, it bothers you. But after you get away from the mirror, it don't really bother you no more. <laughs> and that's really what that scripture is saying. That, you know, once you get away from looking at yourself, it, it, it doesn't really bother you no more. We encourage y'all to be doers of the word because it builds good Christian character and it just makes you a stronger, stronger Christian. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he may not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. The person that's being doers will be blessed in his deed. Good works. Once again, because we're saved and we're children of God, so we do good because of that. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceive it himself, this man's religion is in vain. This is talking about gossip. If you claim to be a child of God, can't bridle your tongue. And the Bible is clear on the tongue. The tongue is the hardest thing to bridle. It's the hardest muscle to control. The tongue. You know the old saying, if you don't have nothing good to say about somebody, don't say nothing? That's a true saying. I've been seeing a lot of Christians that claim to be Christians, but they couldn't control their tongue and they gossiped about everybody. Thank God I don't think we have that trouble here. Uh, I don't hear about it if we do. Because uh, if I do hear about it, I'm going to preach on it. <laughs> uh, I'm not preaching on it because I heard it. I'm just preaching on it because it was in the scriptures. And these are the scriptures the good Lord gave me. But I can tell you this from experience in the past. In my father and mother's ministry, gossip can destroy families. And the strange thing about gossip is this. They're gossiping about you, maybe. But it's not hurting you. It's hurting them. And it's hurting their kids that's hearing it. So the curse falls on them and their family. I had done a sermon one time because that one time it, it, it was a problem. And I told everybody, I said, pick your head up and look straight up in the air and get a big what? <coughs> and then spit. Or they look at me like I'm crazy. I said, that's what you're doing when you gossip. You're spitting in your own face. You're spitting in your kid's face because they're the ones that's hearing the gossip and it's hurting them. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now listen to this scripture good. This is the true religion of Christ. Visit the sick, visit the widows, visit the needy. This is the true religion. And to keep yourself unspotted. That's hard to do nowadays. 
because they're sin everywhere now. Other scriptures tell us even if it's not a sin, but it looks evil or not right, stay away from it. So if you want to live a true religion, this is why we are a non-denominational. We don't claim to be Baptist or Pentecostal or Catholics or whatever. We we're actually we're a mixture of everything. You know, we got Catholics here, we got Baptists here, we got Methodists here, or whatever. And I think that's the true picture of heaven. And we don't claim to be none of them, but we we claim to be this, the pure religion that God Christ started. To do good works, to not gossip on people, to keep our tongue under control, and to stay away from sin. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.